0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. First Samuel
1: 2.2 2 says, There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. He's the one that has stood the test of time. He is tried and true. Hebrews 13 and eight says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He doesn't change, he doesn't falter, doesn't fail, doesn't disappoint, doesn't let you down. Oh, he's an ever-present help. He's that ever-present help in the time of trouble. And it is a joy to be back at Hatch Bend. We just love each and every one of you so very much. Thankful for the presence of the Lord that's moving in the service today. What a great message this morning by Brother Williams, encouraging us in God's promises. And so we give honor to Pastor and Sister Boyd in their absence. And, uh, I ask keep my wife and your prayers not feeling well, but we know one who is a healer. He's the great physician. He's the bomb of Gilead. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of Psalms. And we're going to begin at Psalm 36. And we're going to start at verse number 7. And we're going to read down to verse number 9. Psalm 36, verse number 7. We're going to read down to verse number 9. Let you know that the church is remembered and loved by Shiloh. He, I was telling Pastor Boyd on the phone about once a week, he's, he'll come up to me. He says, you know what church I miss going to? Brother Boyd's church. I miss that church. <laughs> he say, you know who I miss? All the people that go to that church. He doesn't say that about too many churches. So y'all in a good place today. Uh, Psalm 36, verse number 7. And the Bible tells us this, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light shall we see light. Verse number nine says, for with you is the fountain of life. And that's what I want to preach to us on today on that subject, the fountain of life. Can we lift our hands to the Lord? Let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, your presence is already in this room. God, you've anointed the singers and the musicians, and now we are praying that you would anoint your word. Let it go and accomplish that which it was sent to do. Let it minister to hearts. Let it speak to souls. God, we give you all praise, glory, and honor in the name that's above every other name, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, there is an uncanny ability that mankind possesses. It's truly remarkable to see what humanity can do and the creative power that they have to someone who can just envision and imagine and then see their dream become reality. All you have to do is look down through history and throughout the corridors of time to see the accolades and the accomplishments of mankind. It's almost mesmerizing to think that without modern technology and without computers and tablets and phones that men were able to build the great pyramids of Egypt, Uh, without the smart devices that we have now, they were able to design the Taj Mahal. They were able to stretch out mile after mile of building the Great Wall of China. And if you fast forward to today's time, you can just look in any metropolitan city and you can see skyscrapers that disappear into the air. Buildings like the Empire State Building Travel to California and you can see the Golden Gate Bridge stretch over one body of water. It doesn't take much for me just to think about the buildings and the architecture. I think to myself, how did they even do that? But despite all of our feats and all the accomplishments of mankind, there is something that stops us from doing more, something that restricts us from climbing higher and achieving greater, and that is a little four-letter word called time. Time is not a respecter of persons. Time will stop every single one of us. That regardless of our social status, or financial success, or political victories. We all have the same enemy that we have to battle against, and that is father time. The apostle wrote in the book of James, the fourth chapter, and the 14th verse, he said, What is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Life only lasts so long. And when it's over, it is simply over. There is no going back. There are no redos. There's no restart button that you can push. No reset function that you can press. But when it is over, it is simply over. And because of that, it has plagued the minds and the hearts of people for generation after generation. Some that had tried. Uh, that have tried to teach and tried to learn, tried to develop something that could give us more time. Even going back to ancient times, there have been those that have looked for a way to stop time. In the 4th century B.C., there was a writer by the name of Herodotus, and he began to write about something that captivated the hearts of people. He said that there is something somewhere that you can find. And when you go, when you visit, and you were to drink of its waters, if you were to touch of its healing waters, it would give you forever youth. And so he rightly called it the fountain of youth. And there have been those that have tried to find this place. Now what I'm referring to today is not the tourist attraction in St. Augustine that you can go for 19 <laughs> but men of great character like Alexander the Great who conquered the known world, who won battle after battle, who wrought victory after victory in wars, but once he had defeated his enemies, uh, once he had conquered and once he had the treasure in his storehouse, there was something inside of him that longed for more. That even though he had fame and notoriety, even though he had power and prestige, even though he was the leader and the one in charge, there was something deep down in the depths of his heart. There had to be more to this life than what I have. And so with almost an unlimited amount of resources, he set out on a journey. I've got to find the fountain of youth. And it didn't stop with Alexander the Great, but others that came along right with him, men like Ponce de Leon, who did everything within their power who exerted all of their energy and all of their effort. They had to find this fountain that could keep time from moving forward. They had to find this fountain that would keep them for every young, that could stop their bones from hurting and their joints from aching. Uh, Got to find something that can keep your mind sharp and your heart beating right. Had to be something we could find. There has to be this fountain of youth. And so, with all of their resources and all of their manpower and all of their abilities, they were unsuccessful in finding the fountain of youth because there's just one little problem. There's only one real issue with the fountain of youth, and that is this it doesn't exist. It's not real. It's the figment of somebody's imagination. Oh, movies have been produced. Books have been written. Articles have been published. But when you get right down to the matter, when the rubber really meets the road, the only real hang-up is that it is not real. And isn't it unfortunate and sad that people search for something they could never find. Isn't it so terrible that men spent their money and gave of their effort, that labored with every fiber of their being searching for a fountain that could never be found. But oh, if I could preach to somebody today, there is a fountain that is real. There is a fountain that never runs dry. There is a fountain that can give you life and life more abundantly. It's not a mystical and it's not a magical fountain, but it is the fountain of life. It is that one that Jesus said in John 10:10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 1 John 5 and 12 says, If you have the Son, you have life. John 1 and 4 said, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Oh, if these explorers could only know there is a fountain that can be found. And really everybody is looking for Jesus. They may not know what they're looking for, but they're looking for Jesus. You know what the drug addict is looking for? He's looking for a nirvana. He's looking for a euphoria that can get him above his problems, that can help him escape the cares of life. But if we can't find it in a needle, and if he can't find it in a pill or a bottle, if he would only search for Jesus, he would find a joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. You know what the intellectual man is searching for? He's searching for knowledge. He's searching for wisdom, and he's searching for truth. Second Timothy 3, 7 said, In the last days men would be ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. If that man can't find it in the books that he reads and he can't find it in that college university and if he can't find it on that campus, if he would just turn his search to somebody else, if he would just begin to search for Jesus, Jesus and in John 14, I am the truth, I am the way and I am the life. Aristotle said, follow me, and I will lead you to truth. Socrates said, study after me, and I will show you the truth. But Jesus said, I'm not going to show you the truth. I am the truth. I am the way. I am the life. Hey, Even the Buddhists, you know what the Buddhists are looking for? Tranquility and serenity. But if they can't find it in their meditation, and if they can't find it in their yoga, if they would just turn their search to Jesus, they would find a peace that passes all understanding. They would find that serenity and tranquility that only comes from heaven. They only knew where to look. See, we find in the book of John, the fourth chapter, that Jesus was going about and he was performing miracle after miracle. Lives were being forever changed. And he was uh, performing miracles at weddings, turning water into wine. Reminds me of the man that got pulled over by the police officer. He's swerving all over the road. the police officer pulled him over and came up to his window and said, sir, is everything okay? He said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm perfect. And The officer looked over, saw a brown paper bag beside him in a bottle. He said, what are you drinking in that bag there? He said, well, that's just water. He said, water, why don't you just let me see it? and grabbed that bag and pulled it out a great big bottle of wine man looked at him and said, God must have done it again. (laughs) He turned the water into wine. (laughs) Uh, 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 Word started spreading. You, you got to go around Jesus now. Blinded eyes are opening. Deaf ears are being unstopped. You got to go around. People would follow after him, but yet we find him by himself away from the crowds and the multitudes of people and not far off in the distance he sees a well and as he walks towards this well he sees a place where he can sit and rest. And So he sits down beside this well of water longing to have a drink and just about that time this woman comes walking by with a water pot in her hand and Jesus sees that woman and he just simply calls out to her and says, woman, would you give me something to drink? I don't know if I would recommend that terminology if I tried at home when my wife's in the kitchen and I say, woman, make me a sandwich. I got a feeling the look that Jesus got would probably be the look that I got. Looking at me like I had lost my ever-loving mind. Can you imagine this woman as she turns around and she looks at Jesus and says, now, I don't think I know who you are. I'm not your sister and I'm not your cousin. I'm not even your next door neighbor. You better call somebody else to get you something to drink. Jesus stopped her and said, but if you knew who it was that was asking you, you would have asked me for something to drink. John 4 and 14, he said, whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but the water that I shall give him, he shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life, and so this woman began to listen to everything that Jesus was promising, she began to hear everything that he was saying, and Finally, after a little while, she had made up in her mind. She said, "I think that sounds good. I think I'll try some of that living water that you say you have." Jesus pauses for a moment, and then gives her instruction. Says, "Why don't you go and call your husband?" And right then, the woman spoke up, said, "I, I knew you were a phony. I knew you were a Benny Hen wannabe. I knew you didn't have the goods." I'm not married. You think you're a prophet. You think you're in tune. You think you have some kind of gift. You really don't have anything. You can't, you don't know my life. You don't know what's happening in my life. I'm not even married. Jesus says, Well, that is true. You've been married five times before and you're living with a man right now that's not your husband. See, sometimes we think we could pull the wool over his eyes. He doesn't know what I'm doing. He doesn't know what I'm facing. He doesn't know what I'm thinking. Hey, can I let you know that you can fool me and you can fool the person beside you. You can trick the family. You can even fool your spouse, but there's somebody you can't fool. He knows what's going on every moment of every day. Proverbs 15 and 3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Jesus knew what that woman had done. He knew the mistakes that she had made. And when he told her her past, instantly she was ready for condemnation. She knew it without a shadow of a doubt. She was waiting on the insults to begin. Tell me that how much I've ruined my life. Tell me that it's my fault for these failed relationships. Tell me that it's my mistakes and my shortcomings, and my faults, and my flaws, and my failures. Go ahead, Jesus. My family's already told me. Go ahead. I've already experienced it myself. Go ahead and tell me. I think about it when when I lay my head on the pillow at night, and I'm telling myself what a mess I've made. Jesus, go ahead and settle any doubt. Just calm any kind of confusion. Tell me just what a disaster my life is. But it never came. See, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to convict. Luke 9 and 56, he said, The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. He didn't come to push people out. He came to draw people in. He didn't come to push people down. He came to lift people up. Somewhere, at some point, there was somebody that was cruel to that woman. Somebody who was angry and mean. Somebody who had done her wrong. But the longer she stayed around Jesus, the more uncertain and unsure she became Do you still see something in me? You know all of my faults, and yet you still see my potential. I'm so grateful that he knows every skeleton in my closet, and yet he still sees something in me. He knows every time I've fallen. He knows every time I've lost my cool. He knows every time I've said something that I should not have said, and yet he still sees some kind of possibility in me. She begins to tell him, I've heard about your people. I've heard that you believe that there's a Messiah, that there's a Redeemer that's going to come. I've, I've heard him tell me that one day a Savior is going to come and save the people from their sins. One day that hope for all of humanity, that prophesied one of old, that Messiah is going to come and be the deliverer for all the people. And Jesus looked to her and said, I that speak unto thee am he. John four twenty three said, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He was trying to tell her, This is your chance. This is your moment. Don't let it slip through your fingers. See, remember what he told her just a few verses back in John four fourteen, He said, whosoever drinks of this water shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. What is a well of water? It's a stagnant body of water that you draw from. But he said this well of water is going to spring up into everlasting life. So if you can picture this in your mind, it's a body of water that springs up. That sounds like a fountain to me. It's a water that springs up. He said, if you taste of this water, you're never going to be thirsty again. You taste of this water, this world just won't satisfy. You taste of this water, everything that this world has to offer just won't do it. The money won't fill the void. The entertainment won't fill the void. The big house and the nice car won't fill the void. All the degrees hanging on the wall won't fill the void. All the popularity you could ever possess won't fill the void. But if you drink of this fountain... And somewhere, somehow, she started to drink at that fountain. And John chapter 4 and verse number 28 says that she left her water pot behind. The whole reason she came was to draw water from the well. But when she had an experience with Jesus, her future was no longer the same. See, when you drink of this living water, your mind is not as it was before. Your dreams begin to change. Your ambitions begin to change. The future you long to have begins to change. And she leaves this water pot and she starts telling everybody she comes in contact with, you got to go and hear a man. He told me all that I ever did. You got to go and see it with your eyes. You need to hear it with your ears. You need to experience it firsthand. And when the people came to Jesus, this is what they testified. Now we know who he is. Not because of just your testimony, but because we came ourselves Can I preach to us? You don't have to take my word for it. Don't just take your friend's word for it. Just don't take your neighbor's word for it. You can find out for yourself. He is everything. He's the one that picks me up when I'm down. He lifts me when I'm low. He encourages me when I'm discouraged. He fills me up when I'm empty. He strengthens me when I'm weak. He encourages me. He envelops me. This is more than a good story. This is more than a fairy tale. This is more than a Disney movie. This is more than a Hollywood production. This is more than some tourist attraction. There is a fountain of life that you can taste. There is a fountain of life that can change you and give you life everlasting. was it long ago we were... Preaching a revival just a few years back, we had started and went through a couple of services, and uh, we didn't really see anybody get the Holy Ghost. But God was moving, and it just so happened on this next night of revival, there come a lady in the church. You didn't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out she had a lot of problems and issues. And looked like she was dealing with a lot of addictions. But as we preached and gave the altar call, I looked back and I saw this woman who was broken and desperate. See, sometimes you got to go low before you can ever go high. Sometimes you have to get down before you can ever get up. I watched as she stepped out of where she was sitting and she came down to the front. And the tears began to string down her face. And I watched as she just raised her hands and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And she began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave her utterance. And they said, "We." she talked to the pastor, said, I gotta get baptized tonight. Come to find out she was a sister of one of the saints in the church. Said she had been addicted for over 20 years find her living in halfway houses and alleys. But there came a day when she tasted of the fountain of life. And she was baptized in the name of Jesus. And the next service, she brought one of her friends with her. And when the altar call was given, her friend came down to the altar. And she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she was baptized in Jesus' name. And the next night, she brought somebody else. And the next night she brought somebody else. Before all was said and done, we baptized 67 people because of this woman. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and their lives were transformed. Somebody said, I'm just one person. That's all it takes is one person that would say, God, give me a desire. Let me share it with somebody else. Come see a man. Come experience it for yourself. This is more than religion. This is more than grandma's church. It's more than membership to a local congregation. You can drink of the fountain of life. You can experience it firsthand. Oh, praise the Lord. I'm not going to be too much longer. The music's getting ready to come. But just this past year, we went back to that same church, went back to that same congregation, and one of the sisters who had gotten the Holy Ghost in that first revival came up to me and said, Hey, Brother Doug, I want to tell you I'm doing good. My family's in church. We're all serving the Lord. She said, But I got a special prayer request. She said, My old dealer started calling me. I said, what is wrong with you? I never see you anymore. I never see any of that crew anymore. What happened to you? She said, well, I can tell you, but you got to meet me at church. She said, she's on the way to church right now. She said, I'm praying that God get a hold of her Hey, can I preach to us today that before the service was over, before the preaching could ever take place, that dealer was standing beside her old client with her hands raised and tears streaming down her face. And when all was said and done, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And we baptized her in the name of Jesus Christ. If there really is a fountain of youth, I'd want to tell everybody about it, but there's really not a fountain of youth, but there is a fountain of life, and I've got to share it. I've got to tell you, you need a drink of the waters of eternal life. You need encouragement, take a drink of the fountain of life again. If you're feeling burdened down by the cares of life, drink of the fountain of life again. If you lost the zeal and the passion that you once had, come drink of the fountain of life once again. If you want to be a soul winner, come drink of the fountain of life. If you want to be on fire for God, drink of the fountain of life. If you want a blessing on Sunday morning, drink of the fountain of life. If you want to be refreshed, Oh, somebody ought to lift your hands to the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let the power and presence come down and has been this morning. God, let there be somebody come down to an altar and say, I want a drink of the fountain of life. I want that Holy Ghost power flowing through me again.